It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to Seating Charts the fictional dinner party planning podcast, where three friends try to craft the perfect guest list for a given topic. Now, let's find out who's coming to dinner this week. Hello, and welcome to Seating Charts, a conversational podcast among friends. My name is Morgan, and I'm here with Mike. Hello. And Adam. Hey, everyone. And we have we have a special guest, everyone. Everyone be excited for our special guest. Wait, uh, we have a special guest? <laughs> we do, in fact. That. Uh, oh my gosh, that's so awesome. I love special guests. You uh, <laughs> listeners at home, you're listening to the uh, lovely voice of JP. He's a, a longtime friend of ours and has been on our previous podcast, At Your End Step, if you are familiar with that uh, garbage show that we once did. Um, JP, tell us a, a little bit about yourself. All right. Well, hello, everyone, and good morning, good evening, good afternoon, however you find us. Uh, my name is Judge JP. Uh, I am a tournament organizer representative based out of Roanoke, Virginia. Yes, I did say Virginia. <laughs> Mike and Morgan, you can apologize now for the slander you have you said know, towards it's, my it's, state. It's, I it's won't. Honestly, I won't it's, apologize. It's really, <laughs> it's really Richmond. You know, it's you know, it's really Richmond. I understand Virginia gets a lot of it, but like, it's it's bombastic. I'm not going to apologize either, though. <laughs> I said what I said, and I mean it. Do you know what the national pastime, like, well, national, I guess the citywide pastime in Richmond is? Is looking at a overflowing trash can and saying, I can put more on that. That's literally, like, their, like, their number one export. Yeah, where's my okay, staple look, gun? I'm going to put my banana peel right on that sucker. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I, I will defend Richmond by saying... The convention center in downtown Richmond is not the entire city of Richmond. I have been to many lovely places in and around the greater Richmond area. However, I guess I should say that I am originally from southern Ohio and know these boys from being based out of Columbus, Ohio for about uh, four years. So that's how I know everybody on this podcast. So I am an Ohio boy transplant to Virginia. Uh, I am on the podcast. Uh, great and happy to be here. Hopefully um, you will transition from here to coming over to my show. Um, back in 2020, I started a show called The Geek Bracket. Is It is a five-round geek trivia podcast. Uh, Mike has been on a couple times in season one, and we're looking to have everyone who's here on Seating Charts in for an episode of season two. 
If your passions lie in the realm of television, gaming, theater, music, anything in the oeuvre of geekdom, this show is for you to see do you know more than the people we have in every single week in all of these very disparate, specific geek topics. It's a great time. Everyone has fun, and we learn stuff along the way. Yeah, so if you want to hear me lose at something, uh, definitely tune into that when it comes out. <laughs> Uh, if I had, could describe the geek bracket as a, like a listening experience, I would describe it as satisfying. Like the cat, like when you hit a category that you know, and you're just listening along, it it feels very. It's like yes, and then you get to the you know the, it builds into a final. Like all of it builds together, and you're like yes, this category was for me, and that is very, very satisfying. It's a it's a good listen. It's a fun game to play. I believe JP is always looking for contestants. Yes, I am always looking for contestants. If you uh, enjoy what you hear from me here, enjoy listening to the Geek Bracket and want to throw your hat in the ring, we do have the contestant application up. If you go to at uh, Geek Bracket Pod on Twitter, uh, you will find the contestant application on a pinned post at the top of that feed. Yeah, and if you're like me, uh, pull it up early so your friends could have to keep reminding you to fill it out. <laughs> Um, <laughs> is this subconscious thing where Morgan's like, I don't want to do this? <laughs> you know, I know what the results are going to be. Uh, you could just like put a sock puppet of me and just like have brutal silence anytime that it cuts to me, and you'd probably get the same experience. But oh, I, sh- I, sh- I should probably be there. That's so, how so I what feel you're like, saying oh, is sorry, guys. Sorry, you go ahead. Oh, I, just, I just feel like that's how it's going to be for me. Like, I, I'll, I'll listen to the podcast in my car and. I'm nailing it. I'm like, yeah, this is great. These guys are stupid. I got this. I'm going to go. I'm like, oh, I don't know. Orange. Like, I, don't. <laughs> I, I believe as many other podcasts in the trivia podcast sphere that I'm a part of say, um, the microphone does take away 50 IQ points when you sit down in front of it. So uh, cool, just negative three. ready for that. <laughs> um, all right. So uh, this week we are going to be bringing to the table we're going to go back to an old friend. We're going to go back to Nickelodeon, uh, but we're going to shift from uh, from Nicktoons, from animated shows, to live-action shows. So these are going to be um, both scripted shows, but also we do have game shows on here, uh, which I'm very glad of, because I didn't I, I didn't necessarily watch a lot of the scripted like live-action shows um, that, that you know had real actors, mostly just animation, because I'm a child, um, always, actually. Um, but I love the game shows. The game shows were like some of my favorite Um uh, parts of the the Nickelodeon offerings when I was a kid, so I'm glad that we get to talk a lot about them. But um, uh, JP is actually going to be uh, starting us off. So JP, who are you bringing to the table first? All right. So I do have to say that my first seat at the table was a tough one to choose. There were a bunch of things that I was uh, between, and my last slot went between the adventures of pete and pete which unfortunately did not make the table for me mostly because i don't have that big of an emotional attachment to the adventures of pete and pete uh that show for me is more iconic for what it did which was be nickelodeon's first scripted show but what i have brought to the table is something that is much more in left field but much more my style so i want to take you back to the year 1995 and I want to take you into the pitch room at Nickelodeon. A man walks into the room and simply puts a signboard on a tripod and leaves it there for them to read. It reads, Star Trek, but with kids. 
And so that is why my first seat is going to go to the very short-lived series Space Cases. Uh, I'm going to guess many, many people are not going to be familiar with this show. For those of you who are not familiar with this, uh, Space Cases is a real quick half-hour show uh, that follows a group of five kids who go on a field trip onto an alien spacecraft. That alien spacecraft activates with them and two of their teachers on board and flings them to the other side of the galaxy. And so the kids, who the ship has emotionally bonded with, have to figure out a way to pilot the ship back home, and they estimate that it will take them approximately seven years to do so, basically programming in the fact that they could repeat this series uh, for as long as they wanted to get as much out of the series as possible. That's a bold, uh, called shot. <laughs> it, You know what? It was, and the thing that I actually find the most fascinating as a Trekkie myself, this show predates uh, Voyager which has basically the same plot of getting flung to the other side of the universe and you have to figure out a way to make your way home. It almost feels like this show somehow set up part of the thinking for the actual Star Trek producers to make Voyager itself. It's just that same guy you, you talked about, just like cutting out the four kids part. <laughs> just like Star yeah, Trek. Exactly. Just Star like, Trek, I guess. Yeah, it's, it's, it's like, this looks like Star Trek. This is a good <laughs> prop for Star Trek. But if you look at a lot of the scripting and a lot of the acting, it falls into a lot of those tropes you see in sci-fi. Uh, but they do it with kids, which is a really, really cool take on the genre. Uh, the other cool thing about this show is you actually get a little bit of throwback when you were watching it as a kid, and then throwback if you watch it now. Uh, the throwback as a kid is, uh, Adam actually brought this up in our pre-show discussion, um, one of the humans that are aboard the ship is the Black Ranger. And I forgot that that was why I was so attached to this series initially. As a big fan of the original Power Rangers, uh, the Black Ranger is on this. And the Black Ranger actually does pretty good acting work on this. And uh, as I pulled up the Wikipedia page, he was also the stunt coordinator on the show as well which is really, really super cool. Uh, the other throwback now, if you go back and watch it, uh, you will see that one of the rainbow-haired alien kids that's on there is Jewel Sate, who most people know for being Kaylee on Firefly and Serenity. So you get to see Kaylee in a very young role as well, that you can see her cutting her teeth and developing a similar character and a similar style that she would then go on to use on Firefly. So... For those reasons, and the fact that I'm a sci-fi geek and I love my sci-fi, I have to bring space cases to the table. Yeah, so uh, Walter Jones is the, uh, the the actor who played, I think, Zack um, from the Power Rangers. Mm -hmm. So, um, but yeah, I, I, so like I, I was like, oh, I've never seen this show, and then like I pulled up some pictures of it, and I was like, I've seen the show, and I don't know when, and I don't <laughs> remember anything of it, but I'm like this. This like it, it when you see an image, you're like, I know this for some reason and have no idea why. Um, but it sounds like a fantastic premise. It's one of those things where I don't know if it's on Paramount Plus or anything like that. Um, but if it is, it, I might like you know sit down and watch it, watch some weird show that has like obviously people who I was definitely a fan of as a, as a kid and as an adult. When you talk about like um, uh, Jewel State um, and stuff like that, so. Um, yeah, this is. A, I mean, it's it's a good concept too. Like, obviously, there's a lot of kids that haven't been exposed to this level of sci-fi, um, and it's a good entry point to that. So I'm sure there's a tons of kids that really got into things like Star Wars, 
um, in Star Trek. Star Trek, actually, I think more specifically, because I don't think that's necessarily as accessible for kids uh, that Star Wars is. I think Star Wars is definitely, it, it's marketed towards kids when you really kind of think about it, but not Star Trek. And I think this is a stepping stone towards that. Yeah, I had uh, JP explain this show a little bit to me when he first sent me his list. I was like, okay, I recognize all these except for what is this? And, and he did you know, it gave me the same sort of discussion with uh, Voyager. And I think it's interesting, one, personally, because uh, Voyager is actually my favorite Star Trek and the only one I've actually seen every episode of. Like, I like TNG. At, at, at the original series is fine, but like... Voyager was like I was like that perfect age where I could just like sit here and watch you know the UPN was for me it was like okay cool they have Voyager and Buffy like I'm in uh, but uh, but what's funny is it isn't unless I'm wrong right right like there's I don't know if it's come out yet but I know that they're doing a like a kids version animated version of it with Janeway back which is like so it's like they've come full circle where it's like okay now we've got a kids you know Star Trek show and we have Janeway, who may have some, you know, literally be based off of this show. So I think that's pretty, that's pretty wild. Yeah, it's it's very interesting. The show you're talking about um, is going to be set in the Voyager universe after Voyager returns. But it is, if you go back and look at this animated series that's coming out on Nickelodeon and eventually Paramount+, Plus, it is kids who get a hold of a spaceship and pilot it around and are just kind of out exploring the galaxy. And this show did this, at this point, almost 30 years ago. Just like it's the idea. wild well, Where do you get like all these episode cycle. ideas from? <laughs> uh, nowhere. I... Again, it, it, again, it's just that same, it's the same pitch guy, just like... He's back. He's like, I'm back, baby. So there's, there's just a hallway that has, like, one door. <laughs> one door is Nickelodeon. And on the other side is, like, you know, what, what was the UPN, right? So, like, he left there and he's like, and then he left that door. And he's like, all right, Nickelodeon. just walks right back in. <laughs> uh, I must say, I never actually really got into Star Trek myself. But uh, at that age, if they've been like, hey, we has Power Ranger on this show. I'm like, we might watch this show. <laughs> Try to pull me in. Uh, also, what we were looking at it beforehand, just to... Get our how, how I Met Your Mother reference in. It really made me laugh because this is a, an a like a show about teens in space and it's Canadian, so it's just space teens. They're not solving math problems, I hope, but it's <laughs> it's the reference I got right away. So now two beavers is stuck in my head. It's <laughs> pretty good. All right, well, so one. this is a yeah, this is a very neat uh, like the I agree with Morgan. Like this is the kind of show where if I do ever come like come across it like on streaming <clears throat> Paramount Plus or whatever, I'm gonna be like okay. I'm, I think I'm going to have to, you know, get, check it out, so. Right, and it's only 22-minute episodes. Like, you can power through, like, five or six episodes in a sitting and, like, not even notice any time's gone by. Oh, well, that's a... Uh, yeah, that's good. Uh, you know, it won't, so it won't take seven years? That's what you're saying? Yeah, it, it's probably only going to take, like, maybe a day and a half. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, so that's, like, time dilation is what you're talking <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> Uh, all right, nice. So that is our, our first guess. Uh, I guess I get to go second here, so I'm going to uh, move into my first guess, uh, which I, I don't know if I should explain it because she can do it. She kind of explains it all because it's Clarissa, and Clarissa explains it all. Um, I, I definitely had to put this immediately on my list. I know it made it onto yours, I think, as well, JP. Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Um, it, it did. This is one of the, I will say, without even talking about the show first, this is one of those theme songs that I just still hum. Like the, just the, the, you know, the na, 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 na. Like it just pops in my head randomly and I'm okay with it. It's, uh, it's so good. It's, it's catchy. And, and like, I, I, you know, definitely was the right age for like, not granted, I, you know, 
Clarissa had different problems than I did, but I, I understood, you know, she had like a really gross younger brother. So that made a lot of sense. <laughs> um, and it was America's sweetheart, Melissa Joan Hart, which I don't think I'm making, I, that's not a stretch for me to say that. Like she, you know, was kind of omnipresent in the nineties and w- was wonderful. So, I mean, she went from this to Sabrina, right? So yeah, I mean, it's, she, yeah. <laughs> Not, not a not a bad run so i i always appreciate that she like paid that off by being in not another teen movie right like like <laughs> like she had to be in that film right so um but no I, I you know it was a pretty basic sort of family sitcom but from the perspective of of clarissa uh and you just sort of dealt with like you know teenage problems in a very i think direct way there was a lot of sort of um fourth wall breaking clarissa talking directly to uh, the audience. I, I think, like, if you if you would compare this to another show in that time period that did this, that would be like Saved by the Bell. But whereas Zach mm-hmm. Morris is trash, and Zach Morris mm-hmm. is trash, uh, oh. <laughs> Clarissa <laughs> Clarissa was like actually helpful and was worth listening to, and didn't you know do horrifically unethical, possibly criminal things to all of her friends. Uh, so uh, you know, it's just a, a show that is, I, I think. You know, I think Morgan, you mentioned this. Like, you didn't watch a lot of live-action Nickelodeon, and I think some of that is just because, depending on how young you are, the the animation of shows really jumps at you, right? Like, it's cool. Look at the colors and it moves. Um, but a show like Clarissa was a little slower, but still very funny, and just one of those things where it's like, you know what? Yeah, I'm ready for this. I am, I am now grown up enough at nine. <laughs> to, for to explain it all to appreciate please Clarissa explain it all to me now I before I, I break it off to you because I know you all have thoughts I will say if you did not watch the Nickelodeon production of one of the NFL playoff games last year um, it was a really interesting experiment but one of my favorite writers for the athletic Lindsay Jones like reviewed it and she said that the only thing she would ding about it is that whenever they explained a rule to the kids, they had young Sheldon on. And she goes, how in the world do you not just throw infinite money at Sabrina or at Melissa Joan Hart and just be like, Clarissa, please explain it all. Explain all these rules. And I and, I, and like literally they do the X's and O's. She could have done it with a spray paint can. Mm-hmm. I read that and became immediately angry. I was like, why did this not happen? So I'm hoping that like Nickelodeon sees that and goes, we got you. We got SpongeBob to the Super Bowl, buddy. I think we can get Clarissa to to one NFL playoff game. I think the greatest achievement of my lifetime would be personally getting Melissa Joan Hart to replace Young Sheldon. I think that's a (laughs) so that's good for everybody. Uh, What are your all thoughts on uh, Clarissa? I I have a a lot of like I I remember watching it as a kid. I think we owned the board game of it at some point. Yeah, um, don't remember how to play it, but I remember we had it. But honestly, the rules would explain it it all. Don't worry. (laughs) It is the theme, like the opening theme to this has always stuck with with me as being like the quintessential '90s opening theme for some. It just, it just the to the styling, like it's your background right now, and it's really funny because like wow, that's '90s style, but at the same time, the big hat, everything, she'd be almost perfectly in style now, except for the skinny jeans, because you know, if you squint, out. it's blossom. Let's just be honest. Yeah, it's blossom. It's blossom. <laughs> <laughs> it's <laughs> it's off-brand blossom but uh no it's uh it was a good choice yeah that theme song will forever be stuck in my head every time i hear it it's like the the opening to dance dance you hear that drum beat and it's there forever that's that's how this one works yeah as mike was saying this did make my short list and i'm i'm glad to see that it made the table because i think it definitely deserves to be here i think the biggest thing you talked about mike is the fact for me in this show uh, I know the show wasn't written 
for me because obviously this was a show that was targeted more at a female demographic that was watching Nickelodeon at the time, but it was written at me, meaning that it was, it didn't hold you by the hand. Like it actually approached like real problems and real issues that kids were experiencing and it didn't sugarcoat a lot of it. Like it dealt with it in a 90 sitcoms way, but like it actually took those issues head on and just dealt with it and talked about it and didn't like dumb it down like some kids shows can do to try to like soften the blow of real issues like kids can take a lot of this stuff and especially with this being marketed at a tween teen market they know when you're talking down to them talk to them and they'll understand the concepts that you're coming from and i think this show did that to a t and was so good and so well placed for its time uh the other thing i want to riff on this real quick two quick things one Nickelodeon has been trying to reboot this show for so long, and I, they've got it, like, when they do reboot it, they have to bring, bring Melissa Joan Hart back as the mom. Um, there's no way that they can do that otherwise. And the other thing is, is, uh, this is one of the first gigs that a very young Suzanne Collins had as a writer for scripts on this show, surprisingly enough. Yeah, I know. It's, it's interesting that she went from this to eventually doing the dystopian children killing themselves in the middle of the field. I mean, the natural um, progression. I mean, Right, exactly, the natural progression. Clarissa explains it all. Clarissa picks up a bow and shoots uh, children in the head. Shoots them all. Yeah, no, I got it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I did, I, I wanted, uh, to your point there, JP, that's absolutely right. We, we talked about, I think, the episode that came out the week that we're recording this. I don't know. Again, time is a is not a thing when we're recording in the past and future. But I, one of the things with children authors that always spoke to me were the authors who um, could write at a kid's level, right? Like they weren't talking down and being like, Oh, don't you like this? It was very much like, yeah, like your emotions are valid. What the frustration, your, your problem may not be huge in the grand scheme of things, but the frustration, the emotion you feel is real. And I think that this show really does engage at that level as well. Like, you know, she's not, she's not lesser for being frustrated by something or struggling with what amounts to maybe a, a minor blip in life. Right. And I think that's a, that is, nice so nickelodeon was really good at that for a while too we've talked about that like when we were talking about even animated how hey arnold was able to do that and everything like they they really for about 10 years stretch there they were really good at that i'd be great for kids if they could actually get back to that yeah but then spongebob he's great yeah. he's still fun. i like spongebob but yeah that's 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 a market shift so uh morgan any thoughts on clarissa uh, no, I, I mean, I did watch this show, um, obviously, when I was I was growing up and watching Nickelodeon, and I did enjoy it, um, but for sure, I, I, you know, uh, it is one of the uh, shows that are a live-action show that was scripted that does stand out to me that I do remember, I, um, and actually enjoyed. Like, I remember, like, Salute Your Shorts, and, and like, um, the one of the, the one that was Western, pseudo-Western themed, like, I remember hey, that. Dude? Oh. Hey Dude. Hey Dude. I didn't really like those. Those didn't really click with me. Those were definitely, I think, more towards like an older demographic um but i can still get get behind uh clarissa uh, explains it all um and it's going from clarissa clarissa, clarissa explain <laughs> clarissa <Cholesterol>. stop it <laughs> clarissa <laughs> explains it all to clarissa uh volunteers as tribute is actually the joke uh, that we were trying to find there um <laughs> um but uh enough about that adam who are you bringing to the table all right. Um, so uh, submitted for the approval of the uh, Seating Charts podcast. I'm bringing Are You Afraid of the Dark? Don't, 
Uh, don't throw any of that dust on me, please. That's not. <laughs> I don't know what that dust is. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's got to be a mostly asbe- it's asbestos. Uh, see, I knew it. Why do you think none of the kids from that show had a career later on? Jeez. <laughs> okay. Anyways, wow, that was dark. Wow. But anyways, well, yeah. Now dark. I'm afraid of that darkness you brought here. <laughs> uh, anyways, uh, so it ran. I believe I saw it was like or like 1990, and it ran up to 96, and then it got brought back uh, for like two more seasons and like a special later on. And actually, it's been recently rebooted for, I think it's like a movie or special. I don't know. I haven't watched it. Uh, but as a kid, I think it was a, it's, you know, it's a good entryway, like, into just that, you know, that campy kind of st- storytelling, uh, you know, if it's going to be scary, ghosts, whatever. And I think it ended up being, like, a stepping stone for a lot of kids, like, where their parents could see them watching this. But, like, oh, that's great. One well, out here, let's go watch The Twilight Zone now that you're old enough to do that. And it's kind of an entryway into a lot of that. Uh, into, you know, if you're like, I know Mike and I are fans of like, uh, like the No Sleep podcast, stuff like that. And if you're listening to that now and you're about our age, I guarantee you probably watched this show growing up. It, it, it was, it's great. Um, it, it's, it's, it's super campy, of course. Uh, I, and it kind of led, I think, to the goose, probably helped, well, not, but led to like the Goosebumps TV show getting made. Not that that was an already phenomenon, but they're not that far off each other. I mean, they're both as similar styling. Um, and I, I will say, if if you haven't, do yourself a favor after you've listened to this. Go on YouTube and type in "Are You Afraid of the Dark?" The later years, okay? And it's there's two episodes of it. These this group of friends made of like the kids are all grown up, but they're still continuing to go to the bonfire, and it's hilarious. There's a joke that Melissa Joan Hart. It is in everybody's story every single time. Uh, just it is fantastic it, it it's so good mike it's, i know mike and i are those just videos are not cold. safe for work i will tag no, that I as a warning <laughs> that you're, you're listening at work don't go google that like it's, wait it's it's mind-blowing hilarious like they, at one point you find out that like one kid has just been blackmailing everybody to continue to be in the midnight society for the past like 20 years it's it's wonderful so really do go and watch it but also, you know, if even if you haven't watched it before, it is on Paramount Plus. Go back and watch Are You Afraid of the Dark. It'll, it's still, you know, enjoyable to watch. You're not actually going to get scared. You probably didn't as a kid either, but it still holds a place in my heart. And so it's here. You can't see it. It's a little dark, but there we go. I appreciate your connection to like uh, to other forms of spec fiction. I think like it is a uh, it is definitely a gateway into uh, a, a wider world of uh, both. Uh, sort of these this genre of show you mentioned the twilight zone outer limits any of these sort of um you know shows that feature different artists and in different stories and those moments and and second in the podcast is, is for sure i know that uh, i am not alone on this one as i know that jp and i have uh, have dished over various ones including the black tapes which someday will get a new supposed season that's supposed to be happening <clears throat> But Will we? I, they said it. I don't know. But uh, so, yeah, I, th- I think like drawing that line um, that works for me, that makes a lot of sense. And uh, I, I don't know that there's a specific uh, episode of this that I can like point to and recall, but I can think of like motifs and I can think of images. Like if I saw pictures of like, oh, yeah, that's definitely from this episode of Are You Afraid of the Dark? Uh, so that, you know, I think that is one of those lasting things from that series. Uh, I have considered looking at the reboot a couple of times. I just haven't, but I'm sure again, we're going to talk about all this and then I'm just gonna be like, all right, I guess I have to get Paramount plus. So, uh, sponsor <laughs> us, I guess it, the first month is free. If you do it correctly, you can watch everything you need to rewatch and be done with it. Hey, wasn't that first month of HBO max free too, Adam first week. And how long have you had it? 
Well, there's actually good content on there. I want to keep up. It has the West Wing, okay? It was always going to pull me in. The minute Netflix, like, we lost the West Wing, I started side-eyeing Netflix, like, your days are numbered. And I've already knocked down, like, the, the uh, level of what I pay for them. <laughs> I, I, I do want to jump off on what uh, Mike got up there real quickly. The interesting thing is... I already had CBS All Access, but when they made the transition to Paramount Plus, I was just like, what all extra am I getting here? And I think the thing that we have literally said for the past three shows is, oh, there's Paramount Plus, oh, there's Paramount Plus. Nostalgia's a heck of a drug, and the fact that you can now go back and just binge watch all of these shows that you may have missed that are cultural touchstones that people of your age are talking about... Uh, is great and you should definitely go back and do especially because it's nickelodeon a lot of nickelodeon stuff's going to be on paramount plus yeah they're not sponsoring us but give it a look check out to see if it may be media you want to add to your normal everyday consumption but they could yeah but they but could they could. <laughs> they could buy a comp yes come on <laughs> uh the second thing that i will say is Yes, this is an anthology series, but the thing that made it the most palatable for kids is the fact that you had the anchoring of the Midnight Society to always jump off from and then come back to to keep as that single narrative thread throughout the entire series, which makes this a really, really successful anthology series for kids. Yeah, fra the framing device is really good. I, I wish I would compare it to, um, granted, eventually it became targeted at kids, which is weird. Um, but uh, I'm going to forget the name of it. Uh, the one with the Crypt Keeper. Why can't I think of it? Oh, oh Tales from oh, the, the Crypt. Jeez. Because uh, yeah, right the original show was on HBO, but there was an animated version of it for kids, uh, and you mm -hmm. had the same conceit where you always had the Crypt Keeper as your, you know, as your framing device, and framing devices are very comforting. So Morgan apparently does not like Crypt Keeper. Oh, I do not like the Crypt Keeper. <laughs> very creepy. Do not want. Um, uh, I wish I could do a good impersonation of it. I would just I, do that the rest I, of the episode. just glad that you can't. Um, honestly, I feel safe um, because you, no one can do that, I hope, and and if they can't, I just assume that they're, you know, I guess, I guess we're all the Crypt Keeper on the inside when we really think about it, though. So. <laughs> How deep. You either die yourself or live long enough to see yourself become the Crypt Keeper. I, I don't know if you can. I don't, I don't know if that, that, that's how bones work. Um, uh, I do want to <laughs> say that, um, you know, this is part of a, you know, larger block of television on Nickelodeon called SNCC, which is obviously, you know, um, targeted at a older demographic. It was targeted uh, for tweens and teens. Um, and nothing felt cooler, like, being a kid and having, like, an older sibling and, like, being able to watch SNCC uh, with your older sibling and feeling like you were not, you're doing something you weren't supposed to, that you're getting access to, like, some, when you were, like, OG-only content, you were kind of, kind of getting to that, that you're getting a little bit of PG in it. And you were like, yeah, this is, I'm, I'm, I'm cool. Look what I'm doing. I'm watching SNCC. Um, and that's a, that's a great feeling. I think that there's, um, I think Nickelodeon, I don't know if they knew what they were doing, but I think they had to have, like, there's something that is, uh, it's a forbidden fruit sort of thing. You know, it's a common, you know, tantalizing tactic that, uh, is used. And I always just remember that because I, I, I'm, I'm the youngest, I have an older sister and I always remember we used to bond over Snick and she's a huge horror fan at this point in time. So are you afraid of the dark was, was sort of our, our crossroads, sort of our avenue, uh, of, uh, uh, sibling bonding of being able to, to watch like a show that was, um, you know, uh, not necessarily scary, but definitely designed to, to be a little creepy or what have you. And, um, you know, being able to, to, to be good siblings and watch that together. It's fun. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, good. Uh, good stuff. Well, M Morgan, I, I guess that leads us to, to your first guest. All right. 
So, um, so my first guest uh, is honestly <laughs> very, very uh, funny uh, for for me personally because I used to watch the show like all the time and knew that I would never be able to compete on this show for the life of me. And I'm going to talk about Nickelodeon guts. So you're saying I you was, don't have guts? I <laughs> don't. No, not at all. Much like the Crypt Keeper, no guts. Um, so uh, this show was a it, it was a um, you know sort of like a children's uh, gladiator <laughs> kind of sort of but with actual sporting uh like uh games that you would play but the the idea was that you had multiple events that these very athletic people for their age would compete in in order to at the end um climb what was called the aggro crag which is a giant fake mountain that nickelodeon had built and if you won amongst one of your other illustrious prizes was a piece of the aggro crag there was nothing more desirable as a child than a piece of the of the aggro crag, um, and I knew like obviously like I I'm just as, as lazy and and oafish as I am now as I was then. So like I was never ever going to get a piece of the crag, um, but it was always so exciting to I don't know just watch it. In in uh, there's something about like Nickelodeon game shows that will always be. I always have a soft spot in my heart. I'm going to talk about two of them uh, on this show, so don't be surprised. Uh, but uh, Guts was always one of my favorites, even though like I did not care about sports at all. But I loved watching Guts, and it had it made no sense to me. But again, it's just that it's that damn mountain. It's that damn mountain. I just wanted a piece of it. <laughs> Uh, I, I'm glad that you make, you make a comparison to American Gladiators. Are you suggesting that getting shot at with a tennis ball cannon isn't a sport? That's why it's real sport. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> uh, okay, well, I, I think Guts is automatically better just because it doesn't have people named Blazer, Laser, and Glacier. So that's, you know, probably for the best. Uh-oh, uh-oh, JV disagrees. Girl, I will step up to you and I will be an American Gladiators apologist. The house down. Oh, no, I don't love it. How I dare you come from my Don't, don't, don't like think that, that we, we are dissing American Gladiators. I watched my fair share of American Gladiators growing up as well. So, again, all game shows were appealing to me as a child for some reason. Just Guts was, you know, the one so, we're talking about right now. So just like, just like with our episode of The Geek Bracket, you're like, I enjoy watching this. I could never participate. <laughs> uh, I, yeah, it's very much that. I, I definitely, like, I think, like, yeah, Guts was one of those shows where it did. It put you, like, I think the best kids game shows are the ones that you watch them do this and you go, I wish I could do that. Right, like, competing would be fun, but the events were cool enough and unique enough takes on other sports that you're like, oh, please, I would love to try this. Like, I just want to be able to try that. Uh, and I, I think that's what Guts' big appeal was. Of course, yes, the aggro crag and, like, climbing that... You know, scaling that mountain for that little piece is, uh, is I think, uh, just like yeah, it's it's incredibly motivating. And uh, I I'm actually uh, she doesn't listen, so I, I will say I'm here. I'm actually planning an, a a, a guts themed party for my for my wife's birthday uh, because we one we're gonna have to be outdoors because it'll still be May. Um, but there is a park near us where they have uh they have like a rock climbing wall and they have a, like a. Uh, like a small like course and i was like oh man we're we're doing this like so <laughs> so it'll be just you know folks distanced and running and it's gonna be great but uh I, so i think it's a it's a good choice and uh, i am really surprised that this one hasn't been brought back in some form i mean american gladiators has come back at least twice so you know why not guts why not guts? yeah i yeah indeed why not guts and also like mike o'malley's not doing anything right now can we let's just get him back please i really don't know if like, the man's even alive right now 
Oh, oh, he is. He he most definitely is. And if he has a spirit link with him, he can feel it. <laughs> I mean, like I I could check real quick, but I'm ninety eight percent. Oh, he had that TV like, show. He had Mike and Molly. That's right. That's true. He he did something. Yeah. I guess in the last decade, I, he was on Glee. What, wait, oh, Mike sorry, and Molly is a different show. Oh, yeah. I was like, what are you he talking? Was, about? He was on something else. Yeah, I got really confused there for a sec. <laughs> he was on a CBS show. It's true. I don't, you know, whatever. Yeah. But, I mean, Mike O'Malley did a real good job as a host of this show and actually pulled the show together. And I, I, I think we've gone back to this. I now, after this show, I'm probably going to go on eBay and see if anybody's selling old pieces of the aggro crag on eBay. Because that, that would actually be very nice. <laughs> I would be a fan of that. Nice. Oh, so I think Guts was a was a good a, a addition yeah, here. He, he was on Yes, dear. Okay, there was, we go. Was, okay, See, I was wondering. I knew it was something. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're, I think you were on the right. Uh, okay, well, while they there. continue to Google Michael Malley, JP, let's circle back around and uh, let's bring your second guest. All right. Um, hey, Morgan. Yeah. Morgan. What? Is it okay if I talk about it in a game show now? Yeah, hundred percent, please. Oh, okay, fantastic. Let's continue the discourse. <laughs> Yes, let's let's continue the discourse as we go through a few courses and maybe run through some stuff and why why is this head not going down through the middle of this body? No one can right? make the do silver monkey, man. No one can make the silver monkey. You just can't. Do I have it flipped backwards? <laughs> no, um, but I am definitely my number one or my uh, second uh, show that I am bringing to my table and my top pick overall has to be Legends of the Hidden Temple. You talked about how um, Guts was a show that you enjoyed watching and knew that you couldn't be on Legends of the Hidden Temple as a geeky, gangly, awkward kid in the mid-90s was the game show that I knew that I could be on because there was a trivia section on that show (laughs) and I'm good at doing weird stuff like trying to get across a boat. Like... Uh, I like that was a show that was literally developed and targeted literally at kids like me who were huge fans of learning all sorts of different things about world cultures, infused a lot of that into the background and the stunts and the games that they competed on on the show. And running through the temple is definitely something that was just something that every kid I knew who watched Nickelodeon at that time in the 90s wanted to do you wanted to be the two kids that made it to the end i got a chance to run through the temple get the crap scared out of you by the temple guards oh, all, to all the pee all would stunts. go out of my body immediately <laughs> <laughs> all of it just gone i did they'd have to let me go to the bathroom before i ran that course i mean it's just <laughs> there's i couldn't even i could say anything like that what, what a line <laughs> <laughs> i mean there's just it's it's one of those things where like this show hit at the perfect time and this is another show that i'm just shocked hasn't come back like they did the really kitschy tv movie uh mid 2010s and that's kind of been it like i guess maybe game shows just aren't marketable on nick right now but this show seems like such an easy reboot when they can start filming stuff like this again like can we please get an actual legends of the hidden temple reboot <laughs> we went through such like a, a great time of like kids game shows i mean a lot of them being on nickelodeon uh whether you had this uh guts you had double dare double dare 2000 which is a little better mm-hmm. i mean who doesn't want to play with the giant nose uh i mean you had the carmen san diego tv show that and like you had a ton of those and now i feel like you don't actually yeah see any and it's weird you've seen such a comeback especially this past year with like 
game shows, uh, Family Feuds, all these, you know, have come back so prominently that you don't see any for kids, which is kind of weird. Maybe it's the next step. Yeah, maybe, because, I mean, like, they've been doing all the different celebrity shows on ABC recently, and it seems like this is just kind of the next evolution, is that we start seeing a lot of these shows come back. Uh, for me, I'm always a fan of getting trivia in front of people, and there is a trivia show in the middle of this very high-octane, action-oriented game show. And for me, that was the big draw as a geeky kid in the 90s, being like, I'm probably going to fail out when it gets to the final two on this, but I'm getting past those darn stairs. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think, yeah, like, I, I think it being such a, a, a variety of, of things you had to do was interesting. But I do want to mention how I think impressive the set, specifically the, the temple sequence at the end, the way that's sort of set up. Uh, I, JP, I'll ask you because I don't think I'll let you have. Did you ever see um, the TV production of Death of the Salesman with Dustin Hoffman? I did not. Okay, that's a weird connection, but um, they they used because it was a TV movie. They used the the set for because you know that that play takes a lot of time in like in his house. Mm-hmm. But then like he would have these you know these flashbacks, these um, hallucinations, right? And they were really loose with like the house was like they, they could just turn the camera and the housing set was 3d built but the rooms were all open right and like that's always oh, okay. like think about when i think of legend of the hidden temple is that you have the whole temple set but the way they've done it is that you you get to watch you know it's like a side-scrolling video game like and, and it yeah. really it really functions like a video game in that sense because of the way you get to watch and i don't think that is something that a lot of shows whether it be uh, you know competitions like this uh, or like what I mentioned, like a play or something like that, that use a cool structure like that so you get to actually follow along. You know, they're actually moving left to right, you know, in a 3D, 2D plane because of the structure of the the temple. And I think that is one of the coolest things about that show. So um, it, it even it even had a mini map in the bottom. Right. Exactly. <laughs> and speaking of the fact that it's so iconic that it basically is just kind of a side scroller at the end, there's so many different iconic things that came out of that show. I don't know how many Halloween house parties I've gone to, and there is always someone who is in a green monkey's tee with the yeah. weird, awkward 90s shorts. The Yeah, so <laughs> Silver Snakes, the Temple Pendants, the Old Mech, for God's sake. We haven't even talked about D. Baker yet. You mean Zoran? Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> no, that, dumb, dumb, that dumb, gum, gum. <laughs> Uh, just a side note here, apparently in 1996 there was a short run uh, children's game show on CBS on Saturday morning called Secrets of the Crypt Keeper's Haunted House. Yes, there, yes, there was. Uh, that show exists. I have seen that show and that show I don't, exists. I don't want to know I any secrets. Do you want to see kids get dissolved in CGI lava? Because that's how you get kids dissolved in CGI lava. Morgan? No. <laughs> Not a fan. <laughs> Did not uh, find that character whimsical, uh, turns out. Uh, all right, well, uh, that's a, yeah, I think that was a, a great a great one to bring, and I think had to be at, at this table. Um, I, I will move then into my second choice, uh, which is all that and a bag of chips. Uh, nope, just all that. My apologies. I always get that mixed up. Uh, yeah, it is, you mentioned Snick already, Morgan. Okay, don't give me thumbs down on my, uh, on my, on my jokes. Um, but you know, all that I think was sort of the headliner of of Snick. This you know, the idea that if Snick was again Saturday Night Nickelodeon for older kids, that it was really modeling. All that was modeling Saturday Night Live, uh, and maybe you weren't quite old enough to stay up till midnight, but you could stay up for all that and get the the kid version of this. Uh, and I think that um, 
I will say, I've gone back recently, watched some skits. You know, I don't know that they hold up super well, uh, but I do think that you had, uh, maybe they lucked into it, maybe it's just, you know, good talent acquisition, but they really had some uh, really impressive cast members and some characters that were actually, like, very, very funny. And I think, you know, when I think of the the, sort of the original cast, obviously you have Keenan Thompson and and Kel Mitchell, um, and I have to say maybe the all-star of the group was Lori Beth Denberg, who is absolutely hilarious she's done some stuff recently too and she's still just just incredibly funny just the way she could put herself into a character i i I mentioned this to it it came up literally at my work recently but i mentioned the idea of like i remember her distinctly playing just the sweaty woman and like she appeared in the super dude sketches and the whole thing was that she was just so anxious she was just sweaty and like the gag never stops like every time the camera pans she's just back there just like dripping it's just like why did you agree to this you were so like this is great but i think obviously you know she also did what was was essentially uh the 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 weekend news desk uh, on that show uh which was called i'm trying to remember the name of the actual um it was uh Vital information, oh vital information yes. with uh, Lord Beth Denberg, uh, which and eventually became Danny Tamborelli, who like was also you know a a well known Nickelodeon star. But you also have like Amanda Bynes got her start here, and uh, Nick Cannon got a start here, and Jamie Lynn Spears randomly. Oh, like I, I do have to just throw this in there to interrupt. Um, oddly, in the sixth season with Amanda Bynes and Nick Cannon, was a twenty four year old Gabriel Iglesias before he was a known stand-up comedian on the sixth season. That is... Sure. (laughs) But why is it going to put this 24-year-old comedian, like, stand-up comedian on the show? It'll be fine. It's weird. (laughs) Sorry, go on. (laughs) No, I... I, That's uh, that's amazing and and very funny. I I think that... um, it's just, I don't know, it, it was it, it, another show that, like, it was very silly. Like, very, very silly. But just had a lot of fun. Let kids assume this role. And I think that's another thing maybe that... Um, Nickelodeon does better than maybe some in their live action shows specifically, but is that they, they really just let the kids be kids. They don't go out of their way to make the adults stupid, right? Because a lot of like, especially cartoon shows are like somehow the adults don't know what's going on at all. Um, but it, it does really empower the kids a lot to just be funny. Like let them be on stage and be funny. They don't need to have someone next to them to sort of guide them through that. So, uh, and, and I do believe I learned all of the French I will ever know from PRS Cargo. Man. So <laughs> Pierre Escargot, the real OG. <laughs> um, so, so what, what are all? I mean, what are all your thoughts on all that? I mean, obviously, we saw all of our list pre-show. You knew this was high on my yeah, list yeah, of was. things. But when I saw this as your number, I'm like, no, it's this is all you. I love all that. I do agree with you that there are definitely quite a few skits that have not aged especially well, but. The casting choices in this show were just so smart over the years. Uh, it also brings up the point of, I don't know if we have the sustained success of Saturday Night Live, Saturday Night Live in the configuration it currently is in if Keenan Thompson doesn't get his start here cutting his teeth on the kids' version of the show. Um, and the other thing is, you have... TLC before their TLC doing the theme song for this show and being one of the first music artists on the show before TLC is TLC, which is so, it's so cool to see so many people get their start before their careers became what their careers came to be through all that. That 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 is cool. I think that's, you know, obviously the music was an important part of that. And I think of like, even like Coolio, right on the Kenan and Kel show, right? Like there's there's so many of those little things where it's you have this cross section of what what becomes like 
really important culture. And I think a lot of us grew up with Kenny Thompson, like as far as sketch comedy, like, you know, he took us from all that to Saturday Night Live and uh, he's never allowed to leave. I, I've decreed it. <laughs> That's right. If you go back and watch this, actually talking about like his, him going into SNL, there's an interesting skit. It's, it's still pretty funny where he's playing the uh, like the TV show chef that's obsessed with chocolate, and he brings on his special guest chef with him, and it's Chris Farley. He does this whole skit with him, but it's Chris Farley's a chef who's obsessed with ketchup, has his own ketchup boy that rolls in carts of ketchup to put in everything. And actually, just looking for like an SNL history, it's really interesting to see that. It's like there's so many amazing SNL skits that they both carry, and it's just a really cool moment. 100 percent um i just want to mention that um having watched all of that now currently watching snl it just definitely feels like you grew up with keenan thompson <laughs> you're like oh he's just an old friend i'm so glad he's doing so well on snl i don't know that man at all but i'm very proud of him <laughs> no we all know keenan in our own way you know he's he's ours you know he's our collective like i say like he's our millennial friend who like when we have tragedy we look to keenan <laughs> Going back to us talking about, did we really cover, like, a lot of the initial casting of Snick on our list? I feel like we didn't leave any Snick shows out. The only one I can think of we left out of our list, I mean, obviously, spoiling that it's not in. I don't think we listed Roundhouse. I think that's the only original Snick show we haven't mentioned outside of the animated stuff. Yeah, I, th- I think you're right. I, I And I, honestly, that is a show that I remember the least of uh which maybe explains that a little bit uh so looking at the original lineup it looks like well okay live action because ren and stippy was part of snick but that's not right you know that um that's not child appropriate frankly it's yeah it's kind of awful but um no i think you're right I, you know because we don't get another live action show on that until it looks like 94 when we get the secret world of alex mack so oh yeah i forgot about that show you, yeah it, it was a capri sun commercial they turned into a tv show <laughs> Basically, <laughs> basically yeah, yeah, wrong so but you know that's i i think that you know i think for all of us uh, of you know i say of a certain age you know that's uh it was fairly enduring and i think like all that's another one they have brought back like it has a new cast and it's um and i think the, it's one of those things where maybe much like snl it's you know that they can just keep doing right there's there's always kids who could you know just like any other kind of comedian could have a showcase and uh, there's always going to be kids to be an audience. So as long as you can be at least kind of funny, right? So, um, yeah, I, I have also enjoyed the, uh, there's a TikTok person I follow, but there's a couple of you have done it who have started doing their own uh, Ask Ashley sketches on TikTok. Uh, most of them yelling about people not wearing masks. And it's and like, because like the whole conceit is she's like really sweet and then she gets angry. So it's just like, why do we have to keep wearing a mask? And she's like, because we're in a mother flipping pandemic. And like, she's like got the stuffed animals and stuff. And I was like, thank you. I needed this actually. So, <sighs> all right, uh, let's move on then to uh, Adam's second guest. All right. I, there was one more on my list that I threw on at the end that uh, honestly, I feel like I'd love them to bring back before I bring in my actual guest. And I had Nick News on my Oh uh, my gosh, I love Linda Ellerby. But just honestly, how great that was actually to take some actual, you know, important topics that are happening in the world and presenting to them to a ch- to children in a, you know, a more friendly way than, you know, like CNN or something would and get them you know, up to date on some of these issues. And I would actually love to see them bring back a sh- like a, bring back Nick News and do it in the same way, especially in, you know, 
when you're getting a, so much disinformation when you know so many kids are on social media and everything i would love them to have an actual like trusted news source that they could watch on nickelodeon again just a little thing to throw in there um but anyways my uh my my uh, next guest is a uh, probably the newest show on the list for sure so i'm not sure how much you guys have watched it but uh i'm bringing ned, uh, ned's declassified school survival guide uh it follows the story of ned and his uh his two best friends as they go through middle school so it's only three seasons you're getting sixth seventh eighth grade and um the whole thing so he's got a guide that he keeps there that he writes down helpful tips and everything on how to deal with certain issues so every episode is two short like 10 minute episodes dealing with a different you know problem a kid may have growing up like there's there's a lot of one that hits like it's another nick show that's hitting kids with problems they're probably gonna actually have in some way in their life presenting it in a funny way but it throws actual tips in there when Ned's talking to you to like you try this blah 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 um but i think i really love it because i when i was younger i i adore recess and that idea of just like a really odd school he means the, the show cast. in addition to like I... yeah a little both sorry <laughs> sorry i'm sorry yes i love the show recess so yeah the idea of that school or uh with a lot of you know wacky characters wacky teachers this that and it kind of just continued it into a live action show in a way i mean they're not connected but it's that same ideal where you're getting really just quirky members of like the staff and everything the uh the janitor who is hilarious in it and is also voiced by the same voice actor who does Cosmo and Fairly Odd Parents. So every time he talks, it's fantastic just because you get to hear Cosmo. Uh, so I really enjoyed it. And then I, we actually, uh, since, you know, we got Paramount Plus because, you know, this episode's brought to you by Paramount Plus, apparently. Uh, there's They do one episode where there's a flu pandemic going around the school. So everyone's wearing masks and Purelling. I'm like, mm, that hits a little too close to home. And then there's... They get to, I believe it's the second season, second or third season, they get to a teacher who they kind of say she's had a mental breakdown and teaches from a box in her house. And then there's, it's just a computer screen that float like it sits in the classroom and she teaches the kids from home. And I'm like, oh, yet again, this is all hitting real too close to home now. Mm, this so sounds like Nostradamus's uh, declassified yeah. school survival guide. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, oh, this is a little weird. But yeah, no, I really enjoyed it. Just, I, I mean, I, it hit me at the right age because I'm a little younger than everyone else here by a few years. Uh, so I don't know if you guys have ever seen it, but I really enjoy it. So if you have any thoughts, yeah, go ahead. Uh, I, I watched a little bit of it. I, not tons, but definitely watched it with you. Uh, and, and I appreciated the conceit a lot. I, I, it's sort of like, I'll be honest, it reminded me not... It wasn't this funny, right? Uh, but it did remind me sort of like the the way it was structured, like the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, where like you were looking at entries. Like you're just like looking at entries mm -hmm. for things, and that was the conceit. Um, I do have a question about it. Um, it's Ned's Declassified School Survival mm -hmm. Guide, meaning it was classified at some point and the government had to make a decision. <laughs> and I want to know yeah. why. I want to, like, do we ever get that plot point where, well, like, why? Well, you know, this is, this is post 9-11, so they probably just filed a Freedom of Information <laughs> Act on it, so... <laughs> Great. So we only got Ned's declassified because of the Patriot Act. Good to know. That's that's good to know. Uh, I mean, that's but, my well, only assumption. It, it is definitely like funny. It fits with sort of that conceit too. Like almost like we talk about the Clarissa explains it all. Like of having that narrator that speaks directly to, um, you know, to the audience, which I think is is helpful when you're trying to sort of build th that connection with the character. Like you know, hey, I I am experiencing these things. You are. I am the stand-in for you. Let Let's talk about it. And I think that is you know that leads to both good moments for comedy, but also that honesty uh you know that we we sort of talked about earlier 
Oh yeah, for, there's one episode like just for ten minutes where Ned's dealing with the fact that, you know, his lower regions are itching real bad from puberty. Like no joke. And they do it in a way without ever saying like, hey, you know, but so it's him like discovering just like talcum powder or like baby powder. And I'm like, wow, that's actually really wild for them to do an entire episode on that. <laughs> do they call it his lower region? <laughs> I didn't know how else to say it. I, I didn't just. Gosh, my, I don't my like, lower region. I just wanted to like, you know, they didn't go like. So this kid had an itchy, had some itchy junk, and it's like. <laughs> well, that's what, okay. We figured out why it was classified. Yeah, I mean, we did it. That's to classify itchy junk. That's the bathing suit area, is what we call it, Adam. It's the bathing suit Sorry. area. Sorry, my private squares. Okay, <laughs> private squares. <sighs> so sorry. You know, I, I will say, when I saw this on your list, I was like, who? Yeah, that's fair. And and it's because, and it's one of the things I was actually considering in making my list is, this is well after I was watching Nickelodeon. Uh, this came out, uh, I'm looking at the Wikipedia page because Like, early, mid-2000s? Yeah, mid-2000s. Like, I was, we're not going to reveal the girl's age, but I was not watching Nickelodeon at the time. Um, but as I was making my list, I was like, do I put an iCarly on here? Do I put a Victorious on here? Do I put um, whatever the Jonas Brothers show was? I, there was a Jonas Brothers show? No, no, no. There was the Naked the Brothers Band. Naked Brothers Band. Yeah, Jonas is Disney. Yeah. yeah, Jonas is Disney. Thank you. But I was like, do I put one of these newer shows on to represent the newer shows? Because like... There was a time there, like, probably bridging late 90s, early 2000s, where there wasn't a lot of great Nick shows. And then you hit, like, mid-2000s, and they go back into production on stuff like this, and iCarly, and Drake they and actually Josh. put out... Yes, Drake and Joss, and they put out some pretty decent shows in this time. And so I'm glad that we have representation of that era of Nickelodeon at our table because i think it needs to be there they basically sold their soul to dan snyder for uh <laughs> yeah, for a couple of years and now that's kind of backfired i'm happy to say this is one of the uh like 2000s live action next shows that he did not create so i'm happy about that too <laughs> yeah 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 this show started in 2004 and i was a sophomore in high school so i was not watching shows about middle school kids i just wasn't you know it's weird so yeah, I lived in a house with a middle school kid, so... I'm yeah, that makes that. sense. Mm. That's a great yeah, excuse. Definitely checks out. Yeah, so... Um, before I pass it off to Morgan's last one, I do want to make one quick mention. That Adam mentioned Nick News. Uh, I had to go look up to make sure, but that is... That program did win multiple Emmys uh, for, like, it, you know, like, her work with, like, really breaking down those issues for kids is important. So, if you... Yeah, as JP sort of mentioned, Linda Ellerby is, like, is the real one. Like, she, she was great. Uh, and uh, a, a very strong journalist who could communicate with kids but not soften like important moments so um yeah i wouldn't mind nick news coming back either so uh, morgan why don't you finish up our table bring in our last guest love it fantastic um again gonna talk about another game show um this is by far probably my favorite game show I, even though it's it's i don't even know if it, how good it is i'm i'm blinded by complete bias for this show uh, because of who I was as a child and who I still am as an adult. And I'm going to talk about Nick Arcade. Nick Arcade is so cool. As a, as a kid, especially as a kid that loved video games, 
there is there is nothing that beat this. Anytime this was on, this is the only thing I ever wanted to watch. I just wanted to watch kids compete and answer because uh, this is also a trivia show, right? Um, and have them answer questions and then have a chance to play uh, a stand on a stand up arcade, uh, which had games that were definitely like you know Super Nintendo games or whatever on them. I didn't care. Just go up and play games and answer questions about uh, various things. Um, and then at the end, you they put you they put you in a video game. You were in a video game. You got to be in a video game. And how? What? What? What is better than that? I understand it's just a blue screen that the kids were were jumping against, and or we're trying to watch a small monitor, being like, "Where am I? What am I doing?" I understand that now as an adult. I didn't know how they did it as a kid. I was completely wrapped up in it. I love Nick Arcade. It's fantastic. I love the energy the show brings. Uh, the the host is great. Phil, it's Phil Moore. Like I don't, I well, I I would follow that man anywhere. Um, and do anything for him just because of, of who he is. Um, he brings me uh, an immense amount of joy. Um, I see right now that uh, IMDb is uh, advertising that I can watch this for uh, for five ninety nine, and um, that's too low. It's it's priceless to me. I have never heard you so jazzed about a topic. I love on Nick Arcade. I don't think you understand how much I love Nick Arcade. <laughs> Nick Arcade was the one that was the game show that was like, I can do this. <laughs> I've been training all my life for this. <laughs> I was so excited to see this as your number one. Oh my gosh, I love Nick Arcade. It's my favorite. Yes. Love it. Oh my gosh. And, and it's, as like a kid who's passionate about video games, and you like, this is your this is your game show. This is your game show. Yeah. You're telling me I can answer trivia questions about video games, and then in the midpoint, I can play video games, and then if I end up winning the show, I get to play a video game, and I'm in the video game. Yes! Oh my gosh. Yes, the show is good. It hasn't held up well. Oh my god! Uh, no, definitely it, it not. Really Technology hasn't. has advanced so much, so so much since it was produced. But like, I just, I just love it. I, and you know what? Um, I, I have to imagine that if you were that kid, I, I always, this can go for literally any of the game shows that we've talked about. But like getting to that final challenge, and like I always felt so terrible for those kids that this, that couldn't win. I always wanted them to win so so badly. I rooted for them so hard. Complete strangers that I had that I had no stake in, but I wanted them to win so bad as a kid. And I it was always so demoralizing. And I, as an adult, when I look at this, I'm like, that must have been so incredibly hard to be like, here's this it, what I assume had to be just a big blue screen or a big I don't a green screen. Figure it out, kid. Um, I. It's just it must have been very like difficult as a child to be like <laughs> use this screen to current like to accurately like figure out what your position is on this board and then like hit these things that don't exist like get they were training to be meteorologists uh, clearly That's clearly <laughs> um, but it's so great they had a bunch of different like uh, tropes and stuff like that level different levels was was fantastic and they were all like great you know video game like framed levels and stuff like that. <sighs> I, I, I don't know. I just want to watch it all all over again. I'm going to have to give Amazon some of my money. Take my money, Jeff Bezos. You, you've won this time. <laughs> uh, I, you know, I This show, when I first saw it, I was like, what is that? And I went looking for it. I was like, oh, my gosh. I did watch a ton of this show. And uh, it was amazing and awesome. And I, But I, I was like, I know I know the guy who the host was Phil Moore. I know him because I watched a ton of another Nick game show that he was a a panelist on all the time which was figure it out and i really enjoyed that show mm -hmm. so I was like oh right this guy so 
Uh, You're going to win and go to Toys R Us. <laughs> uh, but no, I, I agree. Like, the, I think the best conceit it had was, like, you didn't know what game... Like, it's almost like Mario Party, right? Like, you, just, you had a couple different game boards. And, it like, the game itself was already interestingly eno- interesting enough, but, like, you weren't getting the same repetitive thing each time. So... And I think, honestly, the best thing about it is, according to Wikipedia, which, JP, if you've listened before, like, that's our only source. Um, <laughs> it's our trusted source. The fat one was on this show. He, he was. was. And that's awesome. So, pre, obviously, you know, pre-fame or the origin story, if you will. I just, there's such a, uh, I have just such a strong emotional reaction to Nick Arcade, and um, I didn't mean to, you know, fly off the uh, the handle talking no, about it, you, but uh, that's just how, just how I like, feel. It's all good. Um, I've now just gone down a rabbit hole of looking up old prizes from 90s Nickelodeon, like, <laughs> live action ones, so that's a lot of Toys R Us, like, oh, you're going to win a Garfield phone, you want a phone that looks like Garfield? You got a case of the Mondays, you're going to get a Garfield phone. That's what every, you know, 10-year-old kid wants after he's gone on a game show. Every 10-year-old kid wants to be on a game show and to get free stuff. Like, literally, it could have been like, here's a box of air that was from the studio. And you'd be like, yeah, absolutely, because I was there. If you watched Nickelodeon game shows as a kid and you didn't want a pair of BK Knights, I don't know who you are. <laughs> I don't know who you are. But they, the boys put on the shoes and then they just hovered around. That's what the commercial did. That's what it showed me it could do, and I wanted it. I wanted the hover ratchet shoes. Please. I know that it would break in, like, five days of me, like, wearing them. I'm hard on a pair of shoes. I get it. I still wanted them. Give me the British Knights. <laughs> Please. <laughs> anyway, let's, uh, let's, let's recount. Let's, let's take a look at our, our illustrious table of nostalgia and memories, um, starting with... Uh, the starting with Adam shows and moving forward, we have uh, Ned's Declassified. I'm not saying the whole title; it's very long. Uh, Are you afraid of the dark? All of that. <laughs> yeah, but you wrote that all that one out. I'm not going somewhere else to look it up again. Uh, all that. Clarissa explains it all. Nick Arcade, Nickelodeon guts, Legends of the Hidden Temple, and Space Cases. Fantastic. This is, a good, this is a good table. Like it, this is just a fun night. Memories were made. It got was... some deep cuts. Got some deep cuts in there. It's great. Got some deep cuts. Linda Ellerby's standing back in the kitchen, chopping stuff for the table, staring awkwardly at us, <laughs> wondering why there's not a table for her. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, do, well, do you have it? <laughs> <laughs> uh, also, sorry, we we talked a lot about the crib keeper during this episode for no reason. <laughs> Yeah. That was strange. Like keeper. He liked Trapper Keepers. Yeah, I was, I was way more in the Trapper Keepers than the Crypt Keeper. So, <laughs> stop. Um, we do appreciate you all listening. Um, if you do have any uh, Nickelodeon shows that we missed that you want to talk about, if, if not having Pete and Pete on was a crime against humanity that we committed, please let us know. We want to hear about it and have a discussion. We're, we're here to have discourse. Uh, you can find us on Twitter. It's Seating Chart Pod. Um, you guys will find us on Facebook. Do a search for Seating Charts Podcast. I'm, I'm pretty sure we show up. We do. Uh, <laughs> uh, JP, uh, tell us uh, where the people can find you on the internets. 
Yes, uh, yet again, if you search for er, at Geek Bracket Pod, you will find me on Twitter. Search for The Geek Bracket, a trivia podcast on Facebook, and you will find our Facebook page as well. Always looking for contestants, and I believe you will be seeing Adam, Mike, and Morgan over on the show very, very shortly. Yeah, hopefully in tandem with this show. Hopefully. hopefully. Fingers crossed if timing works that's, out. That's the dream. That's the dream. <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, uh, JP, thank you so much for, for coming on and being a part of our, our show. Uh, we truly, truly appreciate it. Hey, it's been my pleasure. I really appreciate whenever I see a new episode of Seating Charts come up in my uh, podcaster. It's always great to listen to you guys riff about topics that are nostalgic and cool and fun to think back on. And then post on your Twitter page and say, hey, you missed this and you're wrong. Yes, 100%. Please be angry at us. We, It fills us with, with glee and power when you're angry at us. Why do we think we picked a beef with a whole state? <laughs> come on. <laughs> um, you got you to start big and stay yeah. big. I don't stay know. big and keep going. I don't. Yeah, who knows? All right. Well, well JP, you know how we, we end the show, right? Indeed. Do you want to do, do the honors? Friends, bon appétit.